is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown, Bulldogs! It's the MVSP Season 4, Episode 33. Man, we're getting up there, Brandon. What a blast. We're going to have this episode for you. Jack Dunlap is coming on the show. Athletic trainer for Fair State University. What a great conversation we had with him. But first, before we get into that, we got the Fair State Sports Rundown. Absolutely. A loaded weekend on deck to recap women's basketball and a little bit of a skid. We'll break down the losses they took uh, this weekend, as well as men's getting back on track. A big sweep uh, on the road against Saginaw and Wayne State, but even better, a hockey split in what in dramatic fashion on Saturday we'll break down why they got the Saturday win over the Friday win as well as surprises in track and field I know me and Joe made a wager and I think now it has to be reviewed after some chaos that went down in Saginaw on Friday so you're gonna have to stick special stuff yeah you're gonna you're gonna have to stick tuned and find out more for that uh, as well as subscribe to the show Uh, for more you can follow at the MBSP on Spotify Apple Podcasts as well as Instagram and Twitter and wherever you follow on social media but yeah some big things went down Joe and you might have actually made a pretty bold call now and you might owe me a Sammy, but we'll, oh, we'll discuss geez. that in later in detail. Well, that's so free bread. Yeah. Hopefully we got to make sure we got to ask first because yeah, that's true. always my problem, but a uh, great show on deck and certainly a great interview. So without further ado, we'll swing into the interview. Now joined in studio, we got assistant athletic trainer, Jack Dunlap sitting in the chair across from us. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks guys. Nice to be here. Jack, thanks so much for coming on. First question for you. It's your second year working for Ferris State Athletics. Can you just talk about a little bit of what's it's been like being in Big Rapids and helping out with Bulldog Athletics? Uh, yeah, you know, it's cool. Um, technically, I think this is my third year. Um, yeah, so I started in 2020, um, uh, July. Uh, was out, out in a school in Connecticut in uh, Waterbury, um, small little town, small little school. Um, and I actually... Uh, I worked out there for four years before I came here. Keely Glonick, a former athletic trainer, um, she worked with me for two years. And when uh, she worked here for two years, came here when uh, the whole new athletic training staff came on board um, in 2018, 2019. Then we opened up a fourth position. She emailed me um, and was like, hey, I know you're looking to get close to home, getting close back to Chicago. Um, So kind of. Hooked me up, uh, gave me a little inside info on uh, everything. So I kind of talked my way into a job here. Uh, so, but it's been great. Um, definitely cool. The old university I was at wasn't a powerhouse in uh, most of the sports like uh, Ferris State is. So uh, it's definitely been a little bit of a, a transition, just kind of having to deal with postseason play and For sure, yeah. uh, definitely having to uh, definitely having to get into postseason, everything like that. Um, <laughs> But no, uh, Ferris State's been great. Big Rapids has been uh, definitely a bit of a change. Uh, grew up in Chicago, so grew up in a big city, went sure. to school in St. Louis. So moving to a small town, uh, definitely a little bit of a uh, culture shock. Uh, but no, it's cool. Um, like the town, uh, seemed great community. Uh, really nice that everybody supports the university and all the sports. Um, uh, I know usually, I mean, football, historically great. Volleyball's always got a good crowd going. Uh, basketball's usually on the weekends get a decent crowd and uh, uh it was cool seeing uh the community uh come out and support softball or not softball sorry uh soccer uh this past fall um when we were going through that run which was cool definitely nice to be sitting at a restaurant and something with my fair shirt on and uh, somebody be like oh do you work with uh it's like oh yeah and just kind of get talking just like the countless times that's happened to me um which is cool just nice to see that people truly care about the uh, sports up here and everything like that so it's it's been it's been nice. It's been really nice. For sure. And even taking a step back, I know obviously a lot of people go through um, the early stages of high school, even prior to that, seeing what you want to get into, especially with your career. Uh, what was the moment in time and what really got you into doing athletic training in the first place? So uh, kind of weird, uh, but like uh, most athletic training students usually have kind of the same um, same origin of when they want to become an athletic trainer. So my junior year of high school, um, during football season, I actually broke my right hand, um, just playing football and wanted to be around the team still. Um, and my athletic trainer was there. So I started helping out in the training room. And then eventually he's like, do you want to kind of be a student trainer, 
trainer in training kind of thing, just kind of learn about it. So I ended up doing it, ended up liking it a lot. Um, I always want to continue to be around sports. Um, knew I wasn't great athlete. Uh, like it, uh, could have probably played D three, but ended up just going to school for it. Uh, but also never saw myself as someone who's going to cold call 500 people and try and sell. Uh, so it's, it's cool in being around sports, being at, uh, being at games, um, being at all the practices, it's really, it's nice to still have kind of an office job. Got to do some things, but more of an active, uh, working environment. Um, so that's, so that was something that drew me to it. Uh, but yeah, probably the, the genesis of it would be, uh, my breaking my hand and just kind of being stuck on the sideline and helping out and then being like, Oh, this is cool. I like doing this. I like working with athletes. Um, and, uh, still like being around sports, obviously big, big sports fan from when I grew up to now. And it's cool to make a career out of it in some, some aspect. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with having to serve so many successful teams, like you mentioned before, what's it been like for your favorite memory that, or the like experience that you've gotten to have so far? Uh, favorite uh, experience uh, probably um, would be just the kind of run that the soccer team went on uh, this past fall. Uh, I mean, I have, I mean, even just like the memories of just like being in the training room, talking with people, um, just kind of having those, three or four kids in there and just shooting the, shooting the crap and uh, just kind of, just kind of talking and having fun. Those are always great. And I have so many memories of that, regardless of what team it is. Couldn't even be my team. Um, and I'll talk with football players and stuff like that, who I don't necessarily oversee, but have tons of memories uh, in that aspect. But as far as like a, an event would probably be that run that the girls went on uh, this fall. It was cool. Um, just felt like we were on the road for, five weeks straight and, uh, ended up in Seattle, which was a really cool experience. Um, being there with all those, all their teams, it was, it was once in a lifetime. And I'm really excited that the girls got to be a part of that. And I was able to share some, uh, some of that experience with them. Yeah. And we saw a lot of the great pictures and from that trip and just that whole experience. And one in particular was posted out and I know I'm sure you probably know where I'm yeah, going yeah, with this. Yeah. yeah. They let you bleach your hair with that whole run. How did that story come about? And what, what was like that? Was there a wager involved? If they make it, you so, get to bleach your hair. So let me uh, bleach my hair is, uh, is kind of an understatement. But uh, <laughs> so we were, um, we were in Cedarville in one of the practices. I think it was after our, after our uh, original win, kind of talking, it was rainy and uh, like, just like pouring rain. So I was just messing around, just like doing stupid, stupid stuff with my hair, just like spiking it up in a mohawk. And someone was like, Jack, we should bleach your hair. And I was like, sitting there, I was like, ah, well, and I was thinking about it and I was like, no. And then I was like, you know what? If you guys make it to the final four, you guys can do whatever you want with my <laughs> hair. Like you can do whatever. So and went from bleach to bleached with red tips uh, in the span of about uh, 35 minutes of conversation. <laughs> so, uh, no, but it was cool. Um, just kind of an incentive. Don't want to say I was doubting them, but I mean, we were we were potentially on the bubble and I was like, oh, didn't, did I expect that I was going to have to bleach my hair? Did I expect that they were going to hold me to it? No, but they did. And uh, so uh, so a couple of the girls, shout out to Bella Sabo and uh Carissa Caribou, um, they helped me with the uh, bleaching process, which was uh, definitely an experience. I don't know if anyone, uh, either of you guys have ever bleached your hair, but it's definitely... Uh, <laughs> I can't say I have. Yeah, I I can't <laughs> say definitely I have. Definitely an not. experience. So, uh, <laughs> and especially that really helps you build relationships with the players and being able to build strong relationships kind of allows them to get a little bit more comfortable and kind of share, you know, what's going on, especially helping them yeah. recover injuries and stuff like that. What have been some of like the things that have been helping you build those relationships and make it so that way they can really come to you if they have any problems. Uh, you know, I mean, I think it just my personality. Um, I don't know. I'm always down to talk, down to hang out, crack jokes. I think me having a kind of looser, uh, personality when we're doing treatment and stuff like that, uh, kind of just helps them know that I'm there for them. I'm there to be, I'm there to help them out. I'm, I'm, I'm there to be their friend, be their confidant. If anything happens, uh, be it in, in sport or something going on in their personal life that they just kind of need someone to talk to. Um, I know a couple of the girls have called me their therapist, uh, at times just cause I mean, you're there for doing treatments for 45 minutes or so you just get to talk in usually when it's, uh, usually when it's someone who's injured or something like that, you're seeing them multiple times a day, um, multiple days a week. So you just kind of build that relationship and it's, it's different. It's, 
they can talk to me. They're, I'm not a coach. I'm not a, an administrator. Um, I'm there for them. I care about their health and well-being over anything. So it's 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 nice to be able to build that. And I think I mean I think I've done. A, hopefully, my athletes would think that the same way and have that uh, have that thought process with me. But uh, yeah, um, nothing nothing special. Just kind of how I am. I think I. I think I do a decent enough job and uh, haven't gotten too many complaints. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd love to see it. Right? From what we've heard, you've done a great job, Jack. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but especially with just having that resource of you being able to help treat, but now with the, the whole renovation with the cap and now having the new training room yeah. and all the new resources, how big has that been really for the whole athletic training team as a whole? It's cool. It was it, this year. Um, so we started, we were out of the uh, main athletic training room for about six months um, from January to last year to about August of this year, we were working out of a kind of a hodgepodge athletic training room, old storage room um, that, uh, that we just put our beds in and just kind of uh, kind of got through it. Um, But it was, it was cool. This, uh, this fall going into camp, it kind of reinvigorated everybody um, in the athletic training department. And uh, just like, we got all this new stuff. Let's, let's hit it hard. Let's make sure we're doing everything we can for the athletes using all these these new gadgets that we got, um, stuff that we hadn't had in the past that we weren't um, able to use. Uh, we, not that we were bare bones before, but we've definitely upped our uh, our treatments, our modalities. Um, couple couple nice new uh, toys that we got, which were uh, definitely beneficial for the athletes because uh, just we didn't have access to them in the past, and now we're. Uh, I think we've. I think between. Uh, Dylan, Brady, um, and Brett and I, I think we've done a good job utilizing all that and I think it's shown on the field, um, and on the court, uh, so far just with the success. I know it's, no, it's a small part of, uh, of the, uh, success equation. Um, but I mean, it's definitely, definitely helped out. And I mean, the cap is crazy. It's great. You can go in there and do some, do some rehab, uh, exercise and stuff like that in a bigger space. Um, but yeah, the whole new whole new facelift definitely helped out uh helped out us, helped out the program. Now it's it's not a place on tours where the coaches be like, Oh, yeah, that's the athletic training. Now come in and see and like, oh, look at all this branded stuff. It's cool. Um, got all these new, nice new gadgets. So it's 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 been nice to see some see some new faces down there, coaches, uh, even uh even recruits when they come on campus kind of be like, Hey, what's going on? Kind of meet them before they end up uh, coming down. So it's been it's been nice. That's cool. Absolutely. And you have a wide variety of skills under your name. When you look at your bio on the, on the website, you know, dry needling, ultrasound, electrotherapy, what are the benefits that the athletes can see from those? And, you know, what was that like learning those techniques? So, uh, so it's cool. Um, like the ultrasound and electrotherapy, uh, like uh, STEM and all that stuff, that's stuff that we learn in, um, we learn in school. So I went through my five years of, uh, my master's program, um, and learned all that stuff. But like the dry needling, um, you, there's like active release type stuff that you can do continuing education courses for. Um, and that, uh, that can definitely, that's always beneficial. Um, get another certificate. Um, the dry needling was something I did at my old school. Um, it was cool. It was a 27 hour course over the span of a weekend. Um, just yeah, for twenty seven hours, just sticking people with needles and learning all that <laughs> stuff. That's cool. um, no, but that's that's one of the most beneficial things uh, I think that I put in my uh, in my toolbox. Um, the dry needling, I think it really helps benefit uh, the athletes. Um, some people like it. People who don't like needles don't necessarily like it too much, but we try to avoid that on them as much as possible. Um, just don't want to have any any tense people when you're sticking them with uh, with needles, but. Uh, but no, yeah. So, uh, all that other stuff, it's just, it's just something to help, uh, with the recovery, um, with soreness, with, uh, ligament injuries as, th- as far as that all goes. Um, but it's, it's all this stuff is just built around our, um, or just built to, uh, get the athletes back on the, on the field, on the court, anything like that. So, um, don't necessarily want to get into the, uh, minutia and all the, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> everything I learned in my, my four years in uh, college or my five years in college. So, uh, but just if, if, uh, if anyone ever wants to uh, learn about it, usually the athletes will ask me about it, can give them a little rundown, but don't want to bore, uh, bore the listeners. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think it's definitely one of the top ones when they think of athletic training, the bread and butter, as Joe likes to call it the tape job. Yeah. Uh, 
are you the fastest guy when it comes to taping ankles or is there a competition between the <laughs> trainers who the fastest taper is or no uh i think honestly the uh, most efficient would probably be brett um just having to he gets we will tape uh anywhere from 20 to 40 athletes a day just out of football ankles stuff like that uh not necessarily a competition um when it comes to that stuff sometimes like you know we have students uh who help us out um just uh like our student medical workers student medical aides they'll uh they'll ask us if like we can do a blindfold and stuff like that and i mean i've, I've tried doing it uh once or twice it's i could definitely get the right steps does it look the prettiest no uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean with that there's there's a balance you got to strike because you got to get got to be fast, but it's got to be right. And it's got to be, uh, it's got to look and feel right for the athlete. So, uh, try to take our time, but sometimes you gotta, sometimes it's the third quarter and of the basketball game and somebody rolls their ankle. You got to get them back out there to get, uh, get another shift, uh, on the court. So, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a balance between speed and, uh, speed and efficiency. What's the most like that you've done like in a row? I know yeah, you said like 20, 30 usually, but is there times where you're like ripping 60, 70 no, ankles? No, no, or? no, 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 60, 70 ankles. No, I mean, and it's, it's usually the, with the football guys, uh, I'll help out and jump in and everything like that. And I think the most I've ever done was we had a, had a game uh, with a, with an away team whose athletic trainer can travel um, for whatever reason. So I think I did. This year, I think I did 12 uh, kind of back to back between their team and our team. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, that's probably a half hour worth of work, half hour, 40 minutes, um, depending on how, when they come in and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's no, I've never, I don't think I've ever done 60, 60. Yeah, I didn't, didn't have to do, that. didn't have to do the marathon or yeah, anything exactly. with that one. No, 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 nothing like that. For yeah. Sure. And especially, you know, for fans, when they see a player go down on the field, that's always a scary sight, yeah. but what's kind of going through your mind when you're walking out? Are you kind of hoping that it's kind of minor? Is it sometimes the players milking it a little bit or what's kind of <laughs> going through your mind? There? So, uh, it's, 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 you got to know one, you got to know who the athlete is. Um, what, if they're dealing with anything, if there's something that you've been working on, you've been working with them for the past, uh, past week or so, a couple weeks. Um, usually when it goes through my head, um, if I see it, I can kind of have an idea of what's going on, uh, when I'm going out there. So, um, if it's, uh, a knee injury or an ankle injury, sometimes you can see kind of the mechanism of the injury if they got hit, if they didn't. Um, so you kind of have an idea when you go out there. Uh, and then when I get out there, I just try to make sure the athletes as calm as possible, kind of go through a, uh, just make sure they're breathing. All right. Everything like that, uh, kind of go through quick things that's like, can you, you feel like you have a feeling in the leg, you have everything like that. Um, basically try to get initial eval if I need to go out there, um, for an emergent situation, if I need to call the ambulance, anything like that, luckily I haven't had any of that here, um, which is good. Most of the time it's just like, all right, can we get you off the court so I can do a more thorough evaluation rather than try to put you through all these tests when we're sitting in the middle of the court, sitting on the middle of the field. Um, but no, I never, never like to go out there thinking people are milking it. Uh, but sometimes people are just trying to, trying to get people a little breather. Um, sometimes you kind of know, just like, all right, why don't we sit here for a second? Uh, the, 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 uh, the flow of the game kind of dictates maybe, maybe we take a little half second, try to <laughs> try to get everybody a breather and, uh, every, and then, uh, just get back out there. So, uh, it's all, it's all situation dependent. Um, usually if it's, if it's a serious thing, you know, when you're getting out there and you're running out there rather than, uh, sometimes when you see someone go down with like a hamstring or something like that, you can kind of take your time a little bit, uh, getting out there. Cause usually if you see somebody running, it kind of, kind of amps everything up. It's like, Oh no, what's wrong. What's wrong. You don't want to, you don't want to put the athlete in that position, especially if they don't need to be mm -hmm. for sure. Well, Jack, we appreciate your time. We got the final question for you. We ask everyone we bring on the show, this question, what's been your favorite thing about being here at fair state and being a bulldog? Uh, my favorite thing about being, uh, at fair state and being a bulldog, that'd probably just be just the athletes, just getting to know everybody, getting to know the, uh, the culture of the program of the university. Um, there's not too many people, uh, I don't think there's anybody that I wouldn't uh, consider a friend in this, uh, in this whole program, be that athletes, uh, administrators, coaches feel like I can go out and talk to everybody. So uh, it's nice. It's been cool. Um, but yeah, probably the favorite thing is just the relationships that I've built with uh, everybody. Very cool.
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jack, for coming yeah, on, no taking time out. Hopefully everything goes well. No injuries yeah. happen this upcoming <laughs> weekend, but definitely excited to see you out there. For sure, man. Uh, yeah, it was great to be here. Uh, look forward to uh, listening to you guys continuing on. Big thanks to Jack for jumping on the pod with us. I really enjoyed talking with Jack. I mean, getting to know him as well as him being um, a former athletic trainer. My early years with cross country and track certainly is great to have him in the room. And I mean, I think the biggest thing, Joe, is like I know we've had interactions with him outside. I mean, he's the same in the chair in the podcast as yeah. he is in normal conversation. Cla- I love that about he's him. He's a class act, man. He's a great A guy. Love to love to see it. It was nice meeting him for the first time and be able to have that conversation. But yeah, he's a great guy. Love yeah. to have him around. Absolutely. We can't wait to have all of our more special guests coming on the program. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on all these exclusive interviews mm-hmm. as well as all of the in-depth coverage of Ferris State mm-hmm. Athletics. Which, speaking mm-hmm. of which, let's jump right in, Joe. Let's basketball. Might as well start with Jack Sport. Let's go with basketball here, starting on the men's side. Clean sweep. Um, yeah, double down this weekend. Big wins against Saginaw and Wayne State. Much needed wins. If you want to be a good team, you got to take care of the teams down at the bottom of the table uh, and the teams that are lurking within as well with Saginaw. They were right behind us in the standings going into this game. Um, but I think the biggest thing was, I mean, right now, Solomon Aregbu has really been the key scorer for this team. He didn't have the greatest night at Saginaw. He was still the leading scorer with 17 points. But I thought Ben and Michael really did a great job really supporting that starting five at that game on Thursday. Yeah, especially... I mean, if you look at it, a lot of the guys really popped off. Vegas was the only one that really didn't hit double digits on the starting five. Jimmy, two with 11. I think with the way that this team is really developing, and especially with the lack of, you know, reserves that we've had the past, like, two or three weeks. I mean, we've had guys come back now with Ethan Erickson kind of coming back off injury reserve. Now you have guys who have really developed in that two-week span to the point now where you're just adding back the pieces and it's just going to be even better. But yeah, Michael coming off with a 12 point performance. That's big time. He went two for two from three, which was big time. I know he's been struggling with that uh, recently. Ben also one for two, but getting 11 points. When you have guys that are slowing down a little bit on the scoring, especially with Solomon, but I mean, 17 points, that's not always slowing down. But for him, who's averaging, you know, almost 20 points a game, that's, you know, not as what we always like to see from him. But there's going to be times where, you know, guys are slowing down. and It's got to be picked up from somewhere else. But yeah, this one's a big time win. Yeah, definitely. Not the, our finest rebounding performance. We only had 39, which I believe yeah, is, not the, great. is the lowest since the Lake Superior game back on January 7th. But overall, the shooting was pretty efficient. Three-point percentages obviously could have probably been better. Ethan Erickson was back in the lineup. He struggled Yay. just a little bit in his first game back um, since going out with injury for a two of nine from three. But I think just showing, seeing that aggressiveness from him and especially uh, some of the guys off the bench, just that determination to keep going uh, and really trying to find your mark throughout the game because a lot of these guys, um, they might not necessarily have the same sat lines as you would have, but I mean, Solomon Oregbu having seven boards. I mean, those were crucial, especially in that matchup. Reese Hazleton only had five in the point column, but ended up finishing with six rebounds, or I believe was sixth on the team over, or not sixth on the team, second on the team overall with the six. Um, but you definitely saw that improve against Wayne State. But I think especially with that Saginaw Valley game, it really wasn't the cleanest basketball game, no. especially from hearing, and you'll get to hear that from Coach Broncom on his thoughts here in a second. But I think just the way that game went about you knew it wasn't going to be a clean game you knew you're going to have to scrap and scrap and scrap and the fact that this team out scrapped the Cardinals on their home floor I think can just show you really how dominant this team can be even if they're not clicking at their highest level yeah, I think so. And it's about I me mean, you see too. I mean, we're a high, very high scoring game. And when the threes aren't falling, it kind of changes up a little bit of what the game plan is going to be. But I think when you see that we're able to really get gritty with it and we're able to <laughs> get gritty with this point. I'm so <laughs> immature, Joseph. Anyways, <laughs> but you're able to see a team that's really getting down into the dirty with it. And you're going to be able to see just really pushing out wins that are not pretty, but they're going to get the job done. And then, like you always say, Brandon, a sloppy W is way better than a clean L which is absolutely what you like to see. And especially with the GLIAC that's really getting close to, you know, GLIAC play play, uh, with the playoffs coming up. You definitely want to get every win that you can, especially with who's coming to town this weekend. Uh, But yeah, not the greatest performance, I'd say, offensive-wise, but I think our defense really showed out. Yeah, especially in the Saginaw game, which we got to hear from Coach Broncom on the post game, and certainly in an orthodox matchup. They had out grit. They didn't play their best, but they still got the job done. Take a listen. It was a hard-fought effort. Both teams played extremely hard. It was kind of a weird game uh, of runs, and um, you know there was rhythms at points in the game for both teams, but it was pretty choppy. And uh, you know that's just a classic Gleak battle. So I mean, if you look at the stat sheets, pretty even across the board. It's just a play here or there, and uh, you know. I, I, 
I don't think we played perfect. I would have liked to do some things better, but they put an interesting pressure on you in a lot of areas, and you know you you can't relax, otherwise they get you. You know they get in the middle of the lane, and you got to be good on your coverages. So you know give them a lot of credit for making it, you know making it choppy. And uh, I thought there was a couple times where we looked like maybe we we're going to get out and go, and then you know we just I don't think I substituted very well today either. You know it's just. I like all the players. I want to put them all in there, but you know we got to get a better rotation. So, and we got to get some people that uh, you know are stars in their roles. Yeah, I definitely would see that having those guys come back. Now you have Delapo, and obviously you have Ethan getting them back in the rotation. But for a lot of these guys playing super well uh, going into this matchup, certainly. Um, but I think you definitely saw a lot better of a overall performance probably it's not definitely not as clean as Thursday ironically with this Wayne State game Joe Uh, but you started to see some guys kind of getting back to their true roles and really seeing them play the basketball um, that we've seen them all season obviously with Delapo coming off the bench providing a spark in the rebounds especially in those key moments Uh, Michael Bingham I thought was really good especially um, with his 11 points Um, but you're starting to see now some of these guys really filing back into their role um, and especially in that Saturday game finding your true identity and while it still didn't go the same way with that overall I mean only shooting 47 percent 26 from uh, three would some teams would be happy with obviously for our program that's not successful whatsoever Mm -hmm. Uh, but still getting the job done beating Wayne State on the road in Detroit uh, and picking up a W is huge for the program as Joe might say Um, but definitely just being able to outgrit teams especially beat them on the boards like you saw uh, against Wayne State that's what you need would take out some of these big teams down the stretch and the and the encouraging thing is too is as you get later on the season, especially with March coming up and like if you're able to make the NCAA tournament, but conference tournaments as well, not every one of them is going to be pretty. You're always going to have the upset factor. So when you're not playing good and you're the favorite in something, I mean, that's what we had last year. Davenport was eight. We were number one going into the tournament. Davenport upset us. We didn't have the greatest game. It's just really bearing down the hatches, battling it out, playing what you need to do. I mean, you're not going to have the great, you're not going to shoot 40, 50% from three each game. That's not going to happen. Although that's what we'd like to see. And that's what we have seen so far from this team. When we have these bad shooting up, shooting uh, opportunities for us, it's just a defense that's really got to step up. And when you got guys like the who can really provide a spark off the bench, like you said, when you got guys like Amari Lee, who's shifty can make chances happen off the, off the dribble. When you got Solomon, who's really starting to, come to as one of the best guards, if not the best guard in the GLIAC right now, you're going to have a lot of guys that are going to step up, might have to switch up their their roles a little bit. But I think really with how you're solidifying the team right now, you're going to see a team that's going to make a lot of noise. We're right at the top of, or right behind Northern right now uh, in the GLIAC standings after this weekend. We're six and three. They're seven and two. They're coming to town this weekend, which we'll Ooh. talk about more Thursday uh, or whatever our next day. I, I forget our new film recording schedule, to be honest. But <laughs> it's all over the place right it's now. It's going to be a very big weekend for both the men's and women's, but yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, it's going to be a good one. And I'm very excited to see uh, what we're going to do, but some scores from around the GLIAC brand. And if you want to hear some of these, yeah, yes, absolutely. Grand Valley state upset win over Northern Michigan's 82 to 77 Lake state getting the W over Wayne state on Thursday, 69 to 60 Davenport winning against Michigan tech with a high scoring 90 to 77 matchup. Uh, and then Saturday Lake state uh, took on Saginaw. They got the bounce back win uh, 79 to 73 Saginaw Valley did excuse me. Uh, Grand Valley state got the weekend sweep 74 to 61 over Michigan tech on Saturday. Davenport fell to Northern Michigan, 89 to 74 and Parkside and Purdue Northwest lost or sorry, Parkside lost to Purdue Northwest, ninety to eighty-two. Uh oh, that's a big upset as well. A lot of upsets yeah, this weekend, I don't know. Joe. And that, but helped. not for us. Yes, we took care of business, and the other teams unfortunately flopped, and that's going to help us huge. As now we jump all the way mm-hmm. from, I believe, I think we were third fourth. or fourth. Yeah, yeah we were fourth second. going in this weekend. Now we're all the way up to second, just big like time. that. It's how it rolls. Sometimes you got to take care of some of these teams, mm-hmm. and it'll work out its favor in the end. Because right now we have. Uh, tied for the most wins in the GLIAC with Northern Michigan overall. Um, just with that little skid we had up in the UP um, is really the only thing that has set us back. And now it's time for revenge this weekend. Thursday mm-hmm. um, is the start of it. That's going to be a huge game. We're going to make sure that we get all the students we can for this game because it is going to be massive against Michigan Tech. And then Saturday, even bigger, Northern Michigan comes back to town at 3 o'clock. That's going to be in a loaded day of Ferris Athletics, which yes, will touch sir. the rest of that schedule here in just a minute. But anyway, moving on over now into women's, maybe not the greatest weekend, you would say. Definitely, and really, just a short phrase, 
definitely going to be a learning curve that you're going to reflect on here for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough part, especially when you get on a three-game skid. After going on, like, what was it, a three, four-game? It was like, oh, we went four for four and two in six games or something like that. So we had a little bit of a run going. but And then when you get to the point where you're playing some of these better teams in the GLIAC and some of those teams that you know might be a little bit gritty, it's tough because our scoring has kind of been hot and cold. Really, either we're going to hit every three we take or we either just don't hit a single thing. And then we really got to focus with Chloe down low. And the hard part about that too is teams can really kind of shut her down if they double or triple team or something like that. Um, so it's kind of more just kind of being more, you know, multifaceted in the way of scoring and just trying to get that going a little bit. It's going to be tough, especially as the season has already progressed and you're, it's not going to be the easiest thing as you're kind of getting the second half of the season. Not to mention you have Michigan Tech who's near the top of the table in the GLIAC for women's basketball uh, going to be coming to gym week at the end of this week. But I think when you really look at it, it's just going to be making the scoring opportunities when needed. I think Saginaw, they went, what you said, Brandon, like one for one for 12 or something at the start. Oh, uh, that would have been the Wayne game. Yeah, the Wayne game, yeah. still, I mean, it yeah, regardless, just, but sorry, I thought you were going to Oh, no, I, I thought you were going to. I know. <laughs> you, come on. You can go. We're working on it. But uh, no, I think um, oh, no. when you especially look at the Saginaw game and uh, obviously Coach uh, Westendorp uh, really summed it up the best, and you'll hear from him in just a second, but it was a tale of two halves, really. We absolutely dominated that first half. We were up, I believe, 33 to 20, uh, to, or it would have been 33 to 28 at the break, uh, 15 to 8 after the first a, uh, first 10. I think that was just an absolutely great start, which we haven't had a couple of those. We've yeah. really been more of a second-half team. Um, throughout the majority of the season so far. So that hot start was great, but Saginaw really made some great adjustments there um, to end up leading to a little bit of a blowout win. But uh, I mean, you definitely look at the stat sheet and you can definitely see some things that uh, really just pointed out. I mean, 30% from the floor overall, that's that's a really tough, really tough mark if yeah. you're going to win a basketball game, shooting 30%. I mean, we took care of that business from the line, shooting 76, 10 to 13. That was huge. Um, got out-rebounded, turned the basketball over more, didn't shoot as well, and got dominated in the paint. That's a really hard recipe to try to get a W against some of these great GLIAC programs. Yeah, and uh, especially when you look at like Saginaw Valley and Wayne State, they're a team I feel like that can comp or that can really do better with the layup side of it. I think uh, that's the one. I think we've talked about it too. Just one thing that we've been struggling with is you know at contact and especially with kind of having a little bit of opposition. We're not the best at scoring that. <clears throat> However. There's room for improvement there. You can really just work on that, especially, you know, later in the game, that's what you need. But when we're able to get on runs at the start, <coughs> excuse me, my mouth is getting so dry. It's like, it's like 75 degrees. Joe is also missing his legendary Yeti cup. Yeah. And that is the most Dude, unfortunate yeah, thing side on note, Side note, I forgot it in class. I put it down and I did not put it back in my backpack and I left and I got to my car and I was just like... Oh no. <sighs> that was like a quarter mile walk. I just did. Like, I don't want to go back. And I was like, is it worth the 35 or like the 30 bucks that my Yeti cup was? And then regardless, we're on the struggle bus. Okay. And I don't feel like pay, spending more money on a cup. <laughs> I'm worried I'm going to lose it again. And I don't, regardless, Joe's struggling. Yeah. Anyways, that's one thing too, is that our team has kind of been struggling with that lately, but we got Michigan Tech coming. And I think that's going to be the biggest opportunity for a bounce back. It's going to be the biggest opportunity to get some momentum under our feet. And I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to get two big wins this weekend and get right back on track. Yeah, especially with that with that Saginaw game Thursday. Um, we talked to two players that we needed to watch on their side. Tori DePerry finished with 22. Caitlin Zarecki finished with 35 points. So yeah, that yeah, was a pretty a rough go about it. Those two are definitely dominant. But I mean, it was a tale of two halves. And that's what Coach Westendorp had to say in the postgame. Well, exactly. We knew the Saginaw Valley was a good defensive squad, and they really showed it in that second half. You know, in the first half, we were getting some good things. We were moving the ball well. We were cutting well. In the second half, we got stagnant, and they, they play with energy. They get their hands on you. They make it tough on you. They make it uncomfortable, and they did an excellent job on the defensive end in the second half. Yep. Defense wins in the second half, and I think that's something that we've showed uh, quite a bit overall this season for ourselves, but certainly... Saginaw got the best of us. And then obviously Wayne State uh, certainly was just an absolutely uphill climb that you can see just from the stat sheet and really kind of looking at the game a little bit. Uh, there was just a lot of moments of stagnasticity. Is that a word? I'll just make it up in the Urban yeah. Dictionary right now. <laughs> stagnasticity is the word I'll trademark it right now. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I heard one stat here from, and I ch double checked it here. Uh, we shot one of 15 in the first quarter against Wayne State. One of 15 on field goals. We did not make a single three-point shot out of seven tries, and we had only two other free throws to get us to the four points. We were down 13 to four after the first frame, but 
climbed right back, got into a really good position at halftime, only trailing by two. Wayne State got out to a little bit of a run, uh, and then eventually after we climbed back, they closed it down the stretch with a couple big plays in the final minutes and end up getting the W, and that just was a, a really a heartbreaker for how well that team uh, gritted their way back, and especially um, Kenzie Bowers had a, a really good performance on Thursday. It wasn't necessarily her day on Saturday, um, but L. Irwin really stepped up three for six beyond the arc for 14 points, um, but I think definitely you saw how gritty the team it can be. We can see now. We can be in all these games, regardless of how poorly the game is going on, how the flow is getting disrupted, but they're still finding a way to get themselves back into these games. That's going to be huge in tournament time. Just got to be able to finish these games. Yeah, that's going to be the big story of it, and we'll see how it goes. But some scores from around the GLIAC on Thursday. Lake Superior State fell to Wayne State 53-52. to That was a close thriller. Wow, that was yeah, really close. Yeah, big time. A lot closer than I thought was gonna, that was going to be. Michigan Tech beat Davenport in a pretty convincing fashion, 76-58 to 58 in Houghton. Or is it Houghton or Houghton? Oh, I call it Houghton. I think it's Houghton. I think so, too. I might get, like, angry tech fans or something like that. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah don't there, yeah, don't there's say obviously tech fans <laughs> listening to this podcast. So yeah, we'll obviously. call it Houghton, however <laughs> it may be. Grand Valley State did the business against Northern Michigan, 45-38. to 38, Low scoring affair there. Wow. Grand Valley did not get the weekend sweep as Michigan Tech wins 57-56. Two close ones. Dang, that's wild. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. I What is up with Wayne? I just noticed that Wayne State is literally the best team in the entire probably division two at winning 50 point ball games. Yeah. They did it twice this weekend up right now. And I'm pretty sure they did it multiple times before. So I guess they just rely on their near the bottom though. Wild. I know. Isn't that, yeah, yeah. they know how they're not good in the Gleak, but they're pretty good overall. They're like 10, seven, but they're three and six in the Gleak. That's crazy. I'm going to double check that way. Go over the stars, but I mean, they're really good at winning these 50, 50 games. That's just crazy to me. Yeah. uh, Saginaw Valley put the clamps on Lake state, 70 to 50 win for them. They Clamps. get the weekend sweep. Parkside beat Purdue Northwest in an OT thriller, 86-82. Wild stuff for them. And then Northern Michigan, 57. Davenport, 46. Another low-scoring one. Uh, but Northern Michigan, uh, I think, is sitting yeah, middle, just above us, right by Saginaw Valley, which is wild. Yeah. Valley State and Michigan Tech near the top of the table, 8-1, and one, uh, both for them. Parkside's at 7-2. and two. Northern Michigan at 6-3. and three. Saginaw Valley, 5-4. and four, And then we're at 4-5. and five, And then everybody else is below us. That is the Wayne State's third game on the season. They've won with both teams scoring in the 50s, and I believe they've won four out of five when both teams have scored less than 65. So defensive matchups have been owned by the Warriors, believe it or not. This is pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. That's a stat for you right there. Defense wins championships, though. That's all I'm saying. That is true, which if you like stats, you might want to follow our social medias because we've had some Wild Stat Wednesday, Wild Stat Wednesday has been great. Yeah, we've had some great stats and all. We've had a lot of appreciation (laughs) for that. So make sure you subscribe to social media so you don't miss out on any of those, which last week we found out Noah Giesbrecht is the 12th best goaltender in the country. And he showed it on Friday night on the ice. That is true. That is true. Giesbrecht really showed out. Uh, It was a tough looks for the Ferris State hockey team on Friday as we lost 1-0. That was a close battle. It was really chippy. Thought we were going to be able to net one near the end, but it was just a little bit of a rebound by Michigan Tech at the end of the first period. That was the lone goal of the game. However, if you look at the box score, Giesbrecht got like what? He was, 38 saves? Or he something? was really good. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, 34, 33 saves on 34 shots, yeah. which is wild. Pietala, uh also in the running for uh, the best goaltender in the CCHA and best goaltender in the country. He was 21 for 21 on the first night. Uh, that one just was a tough matchup. I feel like I, uh, I think the refs kind of... The game was getting out of hand for a little bit on both nights. I feel like the refs were kind of struggling to keep control of it, uh, which is not what you like to see. Mm-hmm. Um and I think a lot of people can agree for those who showed up. I will give props for credit where credit is due. Tech travels well. Yeah. Tech travels, man. They had their own student section. That was like a, what, 12-hour drive, 9-hour drive to, yeah. to Houghton? That's wild. And they showed up big time. They they were certainly uh, making it really feel like a home environment yeah. for them. But our students— but the our students side, did a good job. The too. bright side, I think we our students got so ashamed of being so bad at being a student section that we actually started chance, dude. Yes. That it was, was big great. time. Yeah, you Look guys at that. you guys showed up on Saturday, which we need you big time because it is so obvious. I mean, I, I hate to just keep beating a dead horse, but we play better when fans show up. It is. And this was a prime example. Mm-hmm. Of that happening. Yeah. Not I, as many showed up on Friday tough, night. Uh, More yeah. showed up on Saturday. Yeah. And we won 
Saturday and last Friday. Yeah, what a thriller, too. I feel like when you win close games like that, it's going to really get people on the edge. I mean, I know, especially listening to the post game, as I was kind of there for Daniel Hussein, as long as they put a good product on the ice, people will show up. And I think especially with this year, it's tough because when you've had a bad last two or three years, you know, winless season, you maybe win like four or five last year or something like that. It's not always easy to get people in the stands, especially being a D1 team where that's the only one that people, that students have to pay to go to. Uh, but when you look at it, when you put a when you put a show like that on Saturday where you get the where you get the shootout thriller win, that's just what you like to see. But yeah, first night one zero loss, second night three three. It was back and forth all game. I mean, Michigan Tech took the early lead. We would really tie it up back and forth. Able to score two in the third, which was huge. OT didn't go. OT was just scoreless. There yeah. was a lot of them that were pretty crazy. Branshaw came up with a huge block. It was like yeah. three on one. It was three. He on laid one. down, blocked the pass over. It was wild. Everybody was going crazy. OT ended. And then, I mean, dude, Stefan Bacconi with a nasty, nasty goal yeah. in the shootout. And then Venuto basically called game and just closed it out with a, with an easy snipe over the right shoulder. But yeah, that was a wild game. That was a fun hockey game through and through. And I think especially with how we responded in the third period was definitely really like just, I, I can't think of an exact word for how it felt for me personally, but just being re so rejuvenated going into that third period after we had scored the first goal. It's like, we got this, man. We are in good shape. And then they ended up scoring. I'm like, oh no, this, yeah. we give up a bad goal in a bad spot. And now we're in a little bit of scrambles. And then we pull the goaltender with a minute 45 to go. And then we end up getting the equalizer in just huge, dramatic fashion. Everybody it, went wild yeah, on that Which one. also, you know who started that, that shot that got the rebound for that net, right? He was our very it own Blake our, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the MVSP. Dude, all I'm saying is we had Brad Merrick on. He popped off. Yep. That we and then Blake did. After, and then Blake did. So, you know, if you want to win games, man, just come on our podcast. That's yeah. all you got to do. Yeah, we got a seat for you. And we got some great guests coming Absolutely. up. But there's open chairs always for those. Um, they're interested in being on the show. But just had to point that out. But, uh, I mean, certainly you look at the stat sheet, and it was certainly the night uh, for Jason Branshaw. He was fantastic uh, with two goals there on Saturday. Just really played a fantastic game offensively. And I think that was the biggest thing when we uh, listened to Coach Daniels in the post game was just the amount of def like defensively this team was incredibly consistent overall throughout the weekend they played pretty well uh Michigan Tech obviously broke out of a little bit uh, of the slump and got some offense going, but our offense, I think over trumped their, their offensive performance and really put the pedal down. Um, especially later on in the game, cause they were feeling it, uh, especially late. And you saw that in the shootout for how well that went. And I think that was really the main message that was put across by coach Daniels. Take a listen. I, I felt like, you know, we leaned on Noah pretty heavy, uh, to, to keep it a one goal game where tonight in, in our defenseman, I thought our defenseman played very well last night where tonight I felt like it was uh, more of a team effort. Obviously Logan played very well in net, but I thought we got a much better performance <clears throat> out of our forwards tonight, uh, a much better performance. And um, I was really happy to see the guys rewarded for their hard work. It, like, we were never could quite get the lead. And, and that's the only thing that would have been nice to see if we, you know, I, I thought, um, when it was 2-2, two -two, I'm thinking to myself, geez, if we just get the lead, then they got the goal with about seven minutes to go. And, uh, uh, you know, it was never any panic on the bench, though, because the guys knew they were playing pretty well. And, you know, we weren't sure we were going to tie it, obviously, but we knew we were going to get some more looks and, and we'd get some more opportunities. So there was really no panic on the bench. It just I think the fact that the forwards played so much better tonight um, that, that lent itself to the feel that, hey, we could score a goal. Where last night, I didn't think we, we got the effort out of the forwards that we needed to, because they're a very good defensive team. And Patil is really good in net. I mean, really good. And, uh, you, you know, so you, you need a lot out of your forwards in order to generate offense. We got that tonight. Offense is what's needed for this team to win these games because we've seen the defense improve immensely. Uh, but the offensive performance along with that defensive performance is what gets us uh, down the road in these big games. And we're going to mm -hmm. have two big ones this weekend where we're going to be throwing a lot of different decks of cards and how yeah. we're going to play our hand is going to be oh, very interesting to see with Minnesota State coming back to town. The those guys from Mankato are probably yeah, so ready for this game, Joe. Yeah, that's a, a tough look for them, especially since we swept them at home. They're going to be looking for a big revenge one, especially after this uh, this 
especially where the standings are at. They're right behind Bemidji, only two points. So they're looking to get a sweep and back to the top so they can get the regular season championship there as the season's starting to get to the winding down period. But I think especially when you look at how our goaltenders performed this week, you know, Logan Stein, he didn't get... You know, a lot of he didn't get any time at Lake State as uh, Logan got or as uh, Noah got both starts. He didn't have the best performance at the GLI, which was his last one that he or which was the last performance. But this one, I feel like gave the confidence back to not only Logan, but just the team in general, especially the fans, too. Because when you got, uh, you know, the fans, when you come in, you're just kind of like you kind of hear the murmurs a little bit that like, oh, they should put no in. But Logan stepped up. Big time. There was a lot of desperation saves he had to make. There was a lot of two-on-one breakaways. There was a lot of breakaways that he just came up clutch in. There was a lot of times where he just really bared down and really did, did his job. And that was a big thing too. Is you know when you're going to have these big games like this, you know Noah might have a bad game. Logan's got to step in. We had the best one-two punch when it comes to goaltenders. I think in the CCHA, if not in the whole country, I don't think you're going to see a lot of teams that have this good of goaltenders uh, on both on both nights. Yeah, I think Logan's bounce back night was well overdue. For yeah. how talented he is and how great of a goaltender he is. And we really saw that on Saturday night. I mean, giving up three goals, not the best stat line, uh, but he came big in a lot of those big moments. And man, when he when he stays between the pipes and he can be locked in, I mean, mm-hmm. he's one of the best in the country. It, and I think you can see that too with Giesbrecht. And I think just the one-two punch that these guys throw, it really it's really makes it hard both, to game plan because it's two nights, different goaltenders you got to prepare yeah, for. Yeah, both nights, both nights, it could have been like a seven-goal performance for Tech, but they just... No one Logan just pulled saves on us somewhere that just kept us in the game. And that was a big thing too. I think especially when you have a one zero loss, it stings. But when you're playing against a tech team, that's really hot. It is coming off, you know, a GLI performance where they're playing really well. They go out West. They, I think they beat Arizona state, like at Arizona state I think, yeah. at that tournament out there. Did they win that tournament or were they Michigan tech won that tournament? Yeah. yeah so they're a hot team and they're coming off. A, I think it was a split the, the week before uh, against St. Thomas, but they're a team that's really looking to make some noise and get home ice advantage, but to be able to stay that close against a team that's just firing all cylinders and then come back and get an OT or a shootout win the next day, that's all you can really hope for, especially with Mankato coming to town. Can't wait for that one. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Tickets are still available Friday at 7.07 as well as Saturday at 6.07 the new, as the well. The new setup with the way the game works. like the we got like new like promotions. We got yeah. new like events. We got fan interaction cool. in games. Yeah, over. wild. It's actually pretty cool stuff It's a little interesting. There. Yeah, shout out to Yannick as well as Lydia Pink for being the ice host during that game. That's a pretty cool element. I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah. how that goes. I think that makes it really feel kind of like a cool college it's venue. A, yeah, event. it feels like a professional event. Finally, yeah. Where before we're just kind of like, oh, like we got crunch time and we got other stuff, which is it's fun. Crunch but, time. But like when you have all that stuff, it kind of makes it feel like, oh yeah, that's like an actual thing. But next thing we got to get, here's the thing. Okay. Little side note for me, what they should do is they should take down the, we just got them. We just got the new scoreboards. I mean, we can keep them there, but the mural on the side with uh, like all the teams and then like the Ferris State hockey mural that's like above the teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Switch those with video boards or switch one with a video board, oh. which would be wild. Oh, you know how cool that would be. That would be cool. I mean, I mean, it's probably expensive. Is the mirror, the whole... is the mural movable or is it actually painted like you, on there? I feel like you don't need it. You I don't need you it. Don't need it. Or we could just re, you could remake it somewhere else. You could just too. put it somewhere else. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I mean, that's not that hard. You could just put it where they come, like where the, all, like the main entrance, you know, like just on the sidewall, like just make like a small mural or something. Yeah. So I feel like you don't need it. It's not really that big a deal. I say, I say we put a whole projector system up top and it goes on the ice for the video. That'd be sick. I want. Could that. you imagine? I want that because that would that's be wild. Like if you look at how it's set up, you obviously would want it like center up. But I mean, on the ends, it's hard to see. But you if do, it's on the ice, everyone's gonna. If see we were it. to ever have, if I become a billionaire, oh boy, here we this, go, or a millionaire, whatever, and I can afford it, I will pay for. I'll put this on record. If I can afford it, if I can afford to shell out thirty million dollars. I'll give it to Ferris State Hockey and I'll say go wild with it. Raise the roof 20, 30 feet, get a big video board in the center, get a projection system so you can put like cinema, like graphics and like cinematography on the ice like they do in the NHL. It'll be wild. I just give money to them, say go wild, make it worth it, remodel the whole thing. All right. 
There you go. We need Joe to become a millionaire. So, yeah. And according to that, we need some listeners quick, fast, and a hurry to, in order to make that happen. So, hey, maybe it's on the way, though. Maybe, maybe. Um, make sure you also buy basketball tickets this weekend um, on for Suzy. Thursday is going to be at 5.30 and 7.30, women's and men's, and then 1 and 3 o'clock on Saturday, women's and men's, and then hockey. So you can save for a triple trifecta, which you can also mm. do February 11th, Joe. The Red Out event is coming to town and that's going to be an absolutely blast of a time you can get your tickets now in support of women's heart health um for all that fundraising events there's going to be a lot of silent auction items there grand rapids griffins gear as well as potential tickets i've heard for a lot of great stuff um as well as signed jerseys from the football team and all that good stuff so you can find out more about that um, as we get closer that's gonna be big time that is for the bank account huge for the bank account and you guys certainly will make this a really good fundraiser and we're looking forward to putting that on for you. Finishing out the show in the Ferris Stage Sports Report, track, track and field track, track. was in action at Saginaw Valley. A lot of great performances. You probably saw in the recap, 32 top 10 finishes dubbed in the header. Uh, but I think it went even more than that for all the great performances. I believe everybody improved or at least PR'd from uh, last week and ran even nice. faster. Um, some of the football guys made their debut in the, the 60 and the 200 meter dash and showed out. Tariq Brett won the 60 meter dash. 704, his first race Jeez. as a collegiate track sprinter uh and he takes a dub absolutely phenomenal wow. see that ralph donaldson finished seventh in the 200 meters 2285 was a phenomenal time uh donis harris won the 3k 831.67 and that was after he went 411.72 in the mile which is second all time only trailing a converted time uh, for many years ago so he is technically uh, in in since the first decade he is now the pretty much the mile champion outside of a converted time from a 200 track. So he's the fastest guy that's ever run uh, on a mile on a 300 track. And I think that's, that really? should be definitely a mention. I'll even give him, I'll even give him the, I'll even give him the applause button for that one. Hey. I mean, that's phenomenal, Donna. Like, at, like all time? Pretty like, much, yeah. He's technically second all time with his time. Like D2 other... or like out of every single person that ever exists? Oh, no, no, no. They're like fair State second of all time. Right now he's sitting, I think, in the, he's definitely, he's top five in the GLIAC, which I think would translate over to, I believe, at least top 25 in the country, if not top 20 or top 15, right? right now for what wow. his time is, which is impressive. Donis is on a mission and Let's he go. is absolutely taking names, numbers, uh, and putting it to the how test. Did that, uh, how that four by four go? Oh, we'll get to that here in a minute, Joe. We'll get to some of those other ones first, but Shaffley, Andrew Shaffley, that is fifth in the 800, 159.47. Uh, Mason Mullick debut in the 60 meter hurdles, finished sixth overall. Congrats to him. Josiah Flora was seventh in the 400 meters, um, as well as David Duvall, second in the long jump, um, which I believe now has put him into scoring contention in Gliak already in his second meet as a Bulldog, or third meet as a Bulldog, excuse me, uh, as well as Abigail Winkle, second in the 400 meters. She broke 60, ladies and gentlemen, 59.48, which is phenomenal. Uh, Kayla Roberts finished seventh in that event as well. The 800 meters, Nia Tyron finished sixth alongside Daisy England in seventh and Taylor Huntoon tenth. Um, 3,000 meters, definitely saw a lot of that prominence. Uh, Sydney Kubiak was fifth, followed by Hannah Brock sixth, Winnie Farrell seventh, and Melina Strauss eighth, all within 10 seconds of each other in a dominant performance. Uh, Claudia Wilkinson was third in the high jump, 1.58 meters, which has now put her, I think, I believe, in top eight Ferris State all time. She's almost getting to that top five mark here soon. I can definitely see it coming. Uh, Rebecca Marvin was ninth in the weight throw, uh, as well as I believe we had Jake Zemita was back with the shot, but he finished 10th. That was his first meet back uh, after injury, so he placed very well. Kyle Drew also fifth in the weight throw. Um, and finally, to round it all off, your boys four by four team took second overall Dang. in the distance four by four. Oh. Absolutely insanity went down. Let's go. It was what so time. It was so fun, and I think the whole four by four experience. First of all, a four hundred meter dash is another animal for a guy oh, that yeah. runs at least five to sixteen laps around a track to just do one and a third. That's absurdity. Um, but it was super fun. Uh, you we had to do the baton too, or you just. Oh yeah, we had exchanges and everything, which yeah. on, all of ours were pretty clean. The first one, Is it uh, right? me and Dan Hardesty were the the first exchange, and I think he, I came up so fast when I was going through the exchange when he was coming. I actually thought I was going to step over the exchange zone line, so I slowed down a little bit. So our exchange could have been even better, and we could have actually saved probably a full second if we would have had a clean exchange or cleaner exchange, I should say, um, that would have brought us down to like a three thirty six with our three thirty seven final. 
but we ended up doing it from the second heat, which is a shame because we would have raced the other two uh, Ferris State relay teams, the, the mid distance as well as the sprint four by four teams, and we would have beat them, which would have been even more awesome. Uh, but now we have friendly competition going around in the four yeah. by four. What was your guys' time? Three thirty-seven was the final time. Dang, only, what was your what was your time? Do I owe you a sandwich? Uh, I ran fifty-two nine in my split. I don't remember what the the wager was actually. Now I think we'll look about back. it. We'll, we'll look have back. to look back at it. But I think there was some, somebody reminded me that hey, Joe owes you a sandwich, and I think that means I either completed the bet or it was close enough that I think they're trying to Who consider said me I owe a wager you a for it. Uh, one of the listeners. I'll keep them anonymous. No, I want no, I want names. I want names. <laughs> oh, no, I can't. That's do like that. ten bucks that I got to spend. Um. Well, I don't really mind that. We'll say it out. We'll say it off air. But um, it, was, <laughs> it was definitely a fun race, uh, and I super enjoyed that just to get that experience. But you no, know, it was super fun. The only team we lost to was Oakland's A team. We only lost to really? the Division One A team. That was Zing. the only team we lost to. We beat the other six teams. So. How close are you guys to... Uh, probably like seven or was it seven or eight seconds? Not oh, very so close, like, but I mean, Hey, we beat everybody else. We even beat yeah. Saginaw's, uh, eight teams. So I think Dang. that kind of should show you not necessarily that we're probably going to win it. Cause I don't think that was their true A team, but we beat Saginaw Valley. So I guess we're the champions. Yeah. Um, you can play the music. We should add that to the, the sound effect. The sound bar. Yeah. Sound we are the champion. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, it was super fun. Really enjoyed that overall. That was a great meet ran. Um, it was a little longer than I thought it was going to be, but I think just the the overall experience was great. I yeah. thought you just saw a lot of great over. I thought you just saw a lot of grit from this meet. Yeah. We saw a lot of guys that PR'd uh, and ran really good times and really good races um, compared to last week, which obviously the first one you get the rust buster off and then you really start to learn where you're going to race, how you're going to race and what's going to be the best method for you to run the fastest time or jump the farthest possible. Yeah. Um, but I think you definitely saw um, a lot of the, a lot of these athletes, and I think especially especially on the distance guys and the guys I'm closest with, that executed tactics really well. And I think that I think that was mm-hmm. huge going in um, to this meet because now you have the real idea of what you have in your toolbox. Because I think I think that goes a little bit off the record, off the radar when people consider the whole sport of running. It's like, yeah, you just run the fastest, but it's like, no, it's a whole tactical set. You have a whole toolbox of what is in your race tactics in order to make the best time. Cause not every race has run the same. Not everyone's just going a hundred percent all the time. They're going to run a race. That's different. It's going to be a little slower and that's going to build up at the end or they're going to try to take you out and wear you out and try to run you the rest of the way when mm-hmm. you're tired. So I mean, there's a whole lot of things that go into racing. And I think overall tactics and really just strategy overall, I think was really something that trumped this weekend as you looked at the results overall. Yeah. It was big time. Huge. Huge for the too program. Bad gotta, too bad I got owe you a sandwich now, but yeah, that's, that's what I, hey, that's what I gotta do to make you run fast. I'll buy you any sandwich you want. Oh, what 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 sandwich would you buy me from uh, Herberts and Gerberts? One that doesn't have gluten free bread, so then I would have to eat it. Really, <laughs> that was rude. That was just cruel. Dude. When, okay, if they have gluten free bread, I'll buy you a sandwich. Okay, I appreciate I I appreciate that. Say that. But <laughs> I think that was something when I was like thinking about it. I was like, what if Joe just didn't buy me? What if Joe bought a sandwich, but he didn't put it there on purpose? But I know you wouldn't do something like that. So, yeah, but I think I really, okay. Off topic here for the last five minutes of the show. They took away the Apollo and I am extremely upset about that. Herbert Singerbis did? Yes. The Apollo's gone. That was by far hands down top tier, S tier, top sandwich pick I would make every time. It was like Chipotle barbecue. Mm. Um, It had avocado. It had pretty much guac. Uh, And then it had, it had, what was it? It had ham. Gas. What? Is it gas? That's yeah. gas. Yeah. Um, well, what else did it, it had turkey and Delicious. then it had mayo, which it comes with provolone, but I always get it without provolone, obviously with the allergy. Yeah, but that, oh, you're allergic. I was gonna right. say if you so, don't get provolone, what are you doing? But yeah, it was it's pretty much ham, turkey, and then oh, wait for it, the golden tier addition on top of that. Bacon is on top of it too. Oh, dang. With guac as well. Oh my gosh. It is so Another side freaking note. good. Have you been to Jersey Mike's yet since it opened? I have. It is good. It is. I like Jersey Mike's. It's like What's like your coach's sub? Um, I forget what it was. I had I I don't know. My roommate got it. And I was just like just surprised me because I never been to Jersey Mike's before. Was it Mike's way? Maybe. Did it have like all the juice on it one. and the spices? It had like it had like, and stuff? Uh, like uh I had like the oil and stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. So Mike's way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always get the what is it? The club sub, the number eight. Yeah, it's always really. Well, good. they cut it fresh for you right there, like the meat. Like they use. Yeah, like they the, do it right yeah. in front of you. Which, by wild. the way, that management. 
has been fantastic because they got, when I went there, I went there with my dad um, when it first opened, it was literally wrapped around the whole, like almost not the whole store, but like inside, you know how it's always like, there's always the S curve and the line and oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was filled just, but they would literally start taking orders about five, six people behind the counter. Like, oh, hey, what you want, man? Uh, I'll do the number eight with G Freak yeah, Bun. Wild, and like, yeah. oh, okay, I got you. And they're already, they're already making a That might, that might be the move. I'm going to go to Jersey Mike's after I hit the gym. It was good. It was so good that I had it last when I they grant, when they had the grand opening. And I went, and then I went last weekend actually for my race. And I had that as yeah. my lunch. And I was fantastic. So I think I should be sponsored by Jersey Mike's. I think that's what we're get pulling the, out of the this NIL episode. Deal? Get the no, NIL deal? That would, be, that would be pretty wild. But, That'd be sick. Um, but yes, the club sub might. Mike Way is the official brain award sandwich of Jersey Mike's. But you obviously got to have the gluten-free bun and you can't have the cheese. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still just as good, though. But I think Jersey Mike's is good. I once had the Chipotle sandwich. That one was also really good. That's the one I had in Texas uh, the, fir- the first year we went back in 2021. And yeah. that was the first time I ever had Jersey Mike's. And we walked down from the hotel and had it, and it was really good. But it had Chipotle sauce. Uh, it, it was it was uh, like the, the whole uh, – shoot, what is it? that Not the – not like the the roast, but like the steak, you know, like that's kind of like, like mm-hmm. chopped up with the Chipotle. Oh, it was so good. Um, but Jersey Mike's underrated sub shop and I think needs more detention. You got to get over to Big Rapids right now and get one because they're selling all, like a bunch of coupons. We me and my buddy went, buy one, get one. Oh, dang, really? Yeah, 12 bucks for two sandwiches. Sick, that's dude. six bucks a sandwich. That's better than Subway. Subway is pretty mid. I ain't gonna lie. Ooh, is it? I I mean, I think it's- Best sandwich shop. Okay, this is, we're getting way off topic, but I will say <laughs> best sandwich shop in town. If you go across the bridge to uh, Curry's, the, the truck yes, stop. Yes, If you go there, yes. that sandwich shop, the Monte Cristo is so good. It is not even funny. Great pick, Joe. Give me one right now. I tear it up live. Yes. It, the Curry's sandwich selection. I don't know what they, I don't know what they good. put in there. I don't know what they put on them or what else is in that that Monte Cristo jelly, but dude, I said it once, I'll say it again. One right now, I gotta give it the business. I'd tear it off right now. Gotta give it the business, but subs are good. Go eat a sub right now, <laughs> wherever got, you we like. Got so far off topic. Yeah, we we so, got so so bad on a tangent. It's not even funny. Yeah, it is. But that's probably a good time for us to wrap it up here before we get yeah, crazy probably. off topic. But make sure you subscribe, y'all. You guys have been great. Uh, make sure you share this episode. Special thanks for Jack for stopping by as well as you guys for hitting the play button. It's all about you. Um, mm-hmm. And we make this content for you because you know what Joe always says. Content, content is, is king. Absolutely. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you follow us on as well as social media at the MVSP. And until next time. Take care, everybody. Take care.